Hey there, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to Episode 8 of Connection, Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection, Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Welcome back to Connection Not Perfection. I'm your host, Amy Kelly, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am just so excited that you're with me today. We are gonna be talking about a subject that is pretty near and dear to my heart right now. It is definitely something that I struggle with, and what brought it to mind was a conversation that I had with a friend of mine not too long ago. It was actually an interview that I was doing with her, and I asked her the question, what is one of the things that you struggle most with in parenting your teen. And what she shared just struck me so hard because it resonated with me. And that was fighting over silly things that have no consequence, but you end up in this almost whole family discussion slash argument and everyone wants to be right. And so you're in this snarled place where you're kind of back, you've backed each other up against the wall because you all want to be right. And I just had to laugh because that is so the story of my life is having that those conversations where there's this deep drive in me to be right. And when I reflected on it, I really feel like it's a drive we all have. And we may have it to varying degrees, but I think you would agree that we all want to be right, or at the very least, we don't want to be wrong. So that's what I'm going to talk about today, because if you're like me, you might find yourselves at times being drawn into these heated debates over really dumb things with your teenagers. And I thought I'd share a story with you. And this is not about a teen. This is about one of my children, my daughter, when she was much younger. In fact, I want to say she was just learning to read. So it was either pre-K or kindergarten. And down at the end of our street, they were building a brand new fast food restaurant. Now, I don't think I've shared before, but my husband is in commercial construction and we were following the building of this particular fast food restaurant because we were very excited about it. And also because it was a project that my husband's company had bid on, I believe. Anyway, we drove by it one day to run an errand and my, I looked at it and the sign said, coming soon. And my daughter looked at it and she said, oh, look, they're open. And there were some people in the parking lot, but I could tell that they were construction people. And so I said, no, honey, it's not open yet. They're still finishing it up. And she argued with me very strongly over that and insisted that she was right and that the restaurant was open and that we could go eat there whenever we wanted to. And it made me so angry. I, I think it just pushed a button in me because I do not like being wrong. And so I kind of lit into her the whole way to the errand that we were running. I think we may have been going to Walmart or Target or one of those places and just talked about how, you know, she didn't have to be right all the time and she shouldn't argue with me because she really wasn't old enough to really understand and know how things work. And I just went on and on and on. And of course, you know, the ending to the story when we drove back home and drove past. Yep, there it was open for business. They had finished their schedule of construction, uh, I think a couple of days early and the restaurant was open and I could have cried for several reasons. Number one, like I said before, 
I really don't like to be wrong. But also, I recognized that stubborn streak of pride that I have that really had driven a wedge in between us and in our relationship. And that is why I want to talk today about how to avoid arguments with your teen, because there is a price for being right a lot of times, especially when you are arguing about things that have no consequence, because if your goal is to just be right and to squash whoever you are debating or discussing with, then you have a high likelihood of really doing some damage. And now that I'm talking about it, it brings to mind that quote from Wonder, which is the middle grade book or even upper elementary aged book that some of you may have read. It was a movie recently with Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson. And the quote went something along the lines of, when given the choice between being right or being kind, choose kind. So clearly in that whole fast food restaurant incident with my daughter, I did not choose kind. And so here are some of the things that I've learned since then about arguing over stupid things. First of all, I really looked at why do I get so hung up on being right that I forget to even try to avoid arguments? So as I reflected on that, I thought about, first of all, my personality, because I am a firstborn and I do have the very positive quality of being persistent, but the flip side of that is also being very stubborn. And so I think that's part of it. I also think that I do struggle with pride and it's that emotion that wells up in me that that makes me want to avoid any kind of error or mistake. It promotes perfectionism. That's part of the reason why I talk about connection, not perfection so much is because I really do struggle with perfectionism. And also, I think too, that now that my kids are teens, one of the things that's been really difficult for me is this totally developmentally appropriate place that they're in where they think they know everything, and I know nothing. In fact, I shared a quote a couple of weeks ago from Mark Twain. I'll, I'll post that again in my show notes here where it it talks about how much Mark Twain's father learned during the time between when Mark Twain was 14 and 21. And it was funny, but I think it was funny because it was so universally true. And for me, because I am a person who I enjoy being a leader amongst my friends, I enjoy feeling smart and accomplished and being respected for my opinion or my knowledge or what have you. And it's hard to to say that out loud and admit that, but it's the truth. And so when when my kids just shred any kind of um, authority that I might have on a subject, and I'm not talking about authority as a parent, I'm just talking about authority of knowledge on a particular topic, it really stings. And so it puts me in this place of, wait a second, I do know more than you do about this, no matter what it is. And I also have to confess that it is super humbling as well, which is probably a good thing. It takes me back to my years teaching and my very first year of teaching middle school. I was able to go through a positive classroom management class 
where it went through some really practical ways to avoid arguing with your students. And my students, of course, were teenagers. And they really taught us how to avoid arguing because it takes two people to argue. If one person refuses to argue, then the argument can't happen, right? And they literally had us practice what I think they called like the look or the stare, where we had to partner up and be able to keep expressionless eye contact with our partners who were trying to bait and argue with us so that we could just have this expressionless, we call it the teacher look, right? You know exactly the look I'm talking about. I'm sure you had all kinds of teachers who looked at you that way as you were going growing up or in school, or maybe even your mom or dad did. I don't know. I think it's a requisite for the job, right? But the thing is, is that because I had that training and lots of other training, I think I had this prideful thought in my head that when I have teenagers, which is always the kiss of death, right? Like when my kids, when I have kids, they're not going to do X, Y, or Z while I should have learned my lesson long, long ago that whenever I think that or say it, of course that, you know, God is laughing, I think, and says, oh yeah, like watch what happens next. And so I find myself in these situations with my kids where I have tools to avoid arguments, but do I remember that all the time? Heck no, I get sucked in a lot about the stupidest things. Like, are you with me on this? Because we can argue about things like which band sings the song that we're listening to on the radio or who got to sit in the front seat last or a grammatical mistake or random history facts. I mean, you name it. And if it's a trivial thing, like, I could definitely throw down with you because I will think that I'm right and everybody else in my family thinks that they are right too. What I've learned to do is that when I am tempted to argue with my teens, number one, I take a deep breath and I try to remember the things that I'm about to share with you here. Number one, it's not about me. When my teens are arguing or when they want to prove themselves right, nine times out of 10, it is not about me at all. It's about where they are developmentally. So if I can remember that this isn't an attack on me, then it is much easier to not engage in going back and forth and getting heated. The second thing that I would say is to pick your battles. Obviously, there are things that matter more than others. And the ones that I'm talking about mostly today are just the trivial things. I think the friend that I shared about earlier, I want to say that her most recent argument had been something about a type of dance move and what it was called. And her kids were saying it was called one thing and she was trying to explain, but it's also called this as well. And they just it went back and forth and back and forth. And it sounds silly, but when you're in the midst of it, it's, it can be a fight to the death, right? So some things matter more than others. So you need to pick the ones that you're going to be willing to die on that hill. So you might not want to argue so much about the name of your son's second grade art teacher, but you might be willing to go to bat about what the school dress code actually says, because that will have a consequence, right? Or you might not need to go to the mats over the name of that famous actress in the movie that you just watched, but 
it might be more important for you to argue about what you remember your great grandmother's maiden name to be. Like your kid may think it was one thing, you may think it's another, and that might, might not be the greatest example, but you get what I'm saying. That might be more important to you. It may not be as important to remember the song you listened to on your last road trip over and over versus remembering a specific traffic law. Again, things with consequence. So really you need to pick what you are willing to argue over. And to do that, you have to be very aware and deliberate and take that deep breath before you get it sucked into a back and forth. The next thing is you need to learn how to concede graciously when you're wrong. You need to be quick to admit when you've made a mistake or when what you thought was right actually wasn't at all. And you need to say it out loud. It can't just be like, okay, you need to be able to say, you're right, I was wrong even if you have to choke it out. And the more you practice it, I'd like to say the easier it gets and I hope it will, I'll let you know how that goes, right? (laughs) Okay. And also you need to remember, and I try to remind myself of this, when I am wrong, I am modeling what it looks like to be wrong with dignity and good sportsmanship when I apologize and acknowledge that. And that's what I want my kids to do. And so how are they gonna do it unless they see me doing it? And then the flip side of that is you need to be very generous when you're right. You don't want to kind of crow and say, see, I told you so, or nanny boo boo, even though you may be sorely tempted to. You need to remember that you're also modeling what it looks like to be right. And so making it a humiliating experience for the person who is wrong is really just going to keep that cycle going of you want it there. Your kids are going to want to be right at all costs because you make it so unpleasant when they're wrong. Also, you want to avoid getting sucked in. If you can uh, keep from engaging when they are trying to bait you, if you can really take a deep breath and think about what's going on, you can say what you think is correct and then just leave it. If you try to, if they try to argue, you can smile. And like I learned in that positive classroom discipline class, just keep your mouth closed, like literally clamp it down. Or you could try to change the subject, or you might even agree to disagree. If they don't drop it, which I know is a huge possibility, I I have tenacious kiddos as well, and I know that they get that from me. So if they're tenacious about it, just again, agree to disagree, unless it's a battle that you're willing to fight. And I also have to throw in here at this spot, I'm just going to kind of pull this as an aside and go off on a tangent here. I would say there are times when my teens want to have a fight. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but they get to these places where I can tell that they're frustrated or tired or hungry or, or whatever emotion they're having or turmoil that they're having. And it makes them feel better to pick a fight and kind of have it out with you. It's a way for them to release their frustration. And being able to recognize that is just, for me, is gold because it has very much eliminated some of the arguments that we might have had if I didn't realize what the underlying issues were. And I might not always know why they're trying to pick a fight, but I have learned to recognize when it's one of those times where they're just being, you know, cranky and ornery with me and and not engaging in that. And then lastly, I would say, have a sense of humor, but not at anyone else's expense. 
It can be at your expense, but not at anyone else's expense. So if you can make light of the topic that is at hand, um, if you could turn it into a game in some way, like a competition to try to find the real answer or fact or or however you want to play it off, if you can make it lighthearted rather than, you know, a fight to the death, that can result in some of your best family memories is when you can take a contentious interaction and turn it into one of humor and of laughing together. So that also teaches your kids how to laugh at themselves and how to not take themselves so seriously or our situation so seriously. Now, I will say if you've already blown it and you've argued about like the name of that last surviving signer of the Constitution, which, by the way, is James Madison, I would urge you to make up quickly, apologize right away, admit that you struggle with wanting to be right every time. And chances are your teen already knows that. But hearing you admit it and say that really flips a switch, I think inside a kid's heart and mind because if they see that you recognize that it's something that you struggle with and you're sharing that challenge with them that is opening the door to more connection and it means that next time when it's them wanting to be right you can reference it and say wow you know i really struggle with that too and in moments when you've really blown it again this is a great time to point out that in relationships it's not about not making mistakes it's not about not messing up it's all about how you make it right if you'll pardon the pun and on that note here's a recap of those six strategies to add to your toolkit so that you can avoid having stupid arguments with your teen first you need to remember that it is not about you at all. This is developmentally appropriate for your team. Secondly, pick your battles. Also, concede graciously when you're wrong and be generous when you're right. Avoid getting sucked in by your teen and also have a sense of humor. That can go a long way in diffusing arguments, right? Now, this doesn't mean that you won't find yourself hotly contesting what year you 2 came out with the song, It's a Beautiful Day, which, hello, it was the year 2000, I was there. But at least you'll have tools in your toolbox so that when you are able to take that deep breath and be very deliberate in the moment, you have a much better chance of avoiding that argument. Am I right? Sorry, I just couldn't resist. Now, I want to take you back to the beginning when I had really come down hard on my daughter because she was arguing with me and I thought I was right about the fast food restaurant opening down the street. After we got home, once we had seen that, yes, she was right, I sat down with her, pulled her into my lap and apologized profusely and told her how sorry I was that I didn't believe her and that I had chewed her up the whole way to the grocery store and a lot of the way home. It was definitely one of those moments when I struggled to have grace with myself as I was asking for grace from her. I don't know how clearly she remembers that time or not, but for me, it was a great experience in learning how to humble myself 
with my kids so that I can teach them how to humble themselves in situations as well. So I am super curious about you guys. Have you ever had a time when you have had to apologize to your kids, to your teens? Um, Or have you had lots of times like me where you've had to apologize to your teens? I would love to know um, what kinds of stupid arguments you find yourself in with your teenagers. And also, I want to remind you that if you are looking for more free resources to help you connect with your teen, I would love for you to drop by theishgirl.com. That's T-H-E-I-S-H-G-I-R-L.com. And also, you can click on the free resources link that I've included here on iTunes. And I would love for you to sign up to be a subscriber so that you are getting the podcast weekly and all of the tips and tricks and life hacks and um, strategies that I have to share. Thank you so much for being with me today. Um, And until next time, just remember from an ish girl who is often tempted to choose right instead of kind, it is all about connection, not perfection.